Welcome back to Choice Tracks, your ultimate playlist podcast. I'm Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Dietrich. You <laughs> <laughs> just want to tie it together. Bring bring the energy, the oomph, you know, the knockout punch. <laughs> and I'm Dietrich. There we go. <laughs> so welcome, welcome to the Price is Right. <laughs> Oh, I love the prices. Ooh, a dollar, a dollar, a bit a dollar. <laughs> but a dollar oh one. <laughs> You're that type of contestant, Todd. <laughs> exactly. Hey, they're just happy to get a, a blender, man. Come on. <laughs> so I want a blender. Uh, you want blender? Okay. Yeah. So or a toaster. Well, <laughs> yeah, or a toaster. I hear you. I hear you. Some small appliance, right? <laughs> Small household appliance. Well, uh, yeah. well, this is uh, Choice Tracks, uh, where we're going to start with side A. And side A is where we have a theme and we pick uh, songs that apply to that theme that we, we like really lots. So uh, let's go and uh, put the record down and drop the needle on side A. <laughs> All right. So this episode's theme is comedy songs. So uh, the only specification I gave the rest of the guys is that it couldn't be a parody. It had to be an original comedy song. Um, and so I had to go with uh, a classic favorite. So there's a, you know, there's a town in the United States, you know, known as Chicago called Old Chi Town. You know, I, I, I lived there for a bit. <laughs> so, um, and I used to know a guy there that could. Um, well, anyways, the, the band I pick is from Chicago, so that's what they're mostly known for. And they're they might be giants. So um, the way I know they might be giants is because I knew a guy that could uh, sing uh, Rabbit Ears. Like he would he would constantly sing uh, their song Rabbit Ears. And so it was a band that I later went and looked up. And so. Their, the main album that I got of They Might Be Giants was uh, They Might Be Giants, The Early Years. And so if you listen to that album, the first song is, um, you know, Everything Wrong is Right Again. Okay, so that song one, that's a pretty good song. And then the, the second song on there is uh, put, your hand, put Your Hand Inside the Puppet Head. <laughs> okay, and so you're going like, okay, I get these guys. And then they come in with their third song. So this is how meta it is. Their third song is called Number Three. <laughs> and th that is the track I picked for comedy song. Spent my whole life just digging up my music's shallow grave For the two songs in me and the third one I just made And the reason why I like it so much is because the lyrics are like They're just two songs in me and I just wrote the third <laughs> And I don't know how I found the inspirations or how I found the words It's like, it's the most meta number three song It's like, I, I just wrote a third song But I don't know how I did it because I only had two in me and so that song it just gets me laughing all the time because that's it's just one of those medic comedy songs that you're like, okay, I, I get this. It's wordplay and it's wackiness, and they come in with like a country beat with a wacky <laughs> sound behind it. So, but yeah. So, what did you all think of number three by They Might Be Giants? <laughs> I I didn't really think it was. A comedy song. I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was wacky, but I didn't find it funny. Um, <laughs> I I never really got into. They might be giants. Um, I I have no opinion one way or the other about them. But I definitely didn't. I don't. I didn't think of it as a comedy song myself after listening to it. I I, I thought it was interesting and and goofy. But I, I don't I didn't find myself laughing. Okay. <laughs> so but don't yeah. <laughs> oh. but um if this was pick your favorite wacky song, that, 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 that would be a good point. <laughs> right? So <laughs> yeah. So this the song was okay, but I, I definitely didn't feel like it hit the topic. Uh <laughs> Very well. So, but maybe my, my sense of humor is not your sense of humor. So, 
It, 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 that's apparent based off of uh, some of the other picks that you made. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's right. very, very apparent. Yeah, we're very, very different in our, our choices uh, this this time around. So. so. <laughs> what, what about you, Dietrich? What do you think? Uh. I think I, I see where you get the comedy out of it. Um, gotcha. Because why would you record a song talking about you don't know how you did it because you didn't think you had another song in you and you actually released it on an album? <laughs> so <laughs> that in itself is a, a, a comedic approach because um, whether you actually meant to or not, you put it out there for the world to see or hear. And, um, you know, balls to the wall, why not? I should have followed it up with a song number four and said, you know, <laughs> this is just for the check. <laughs> Would have been perfect. But um, no, nah, I mean, it, it was cool. I definitely see where, where you got um, the laugh out of it. Um, they were witty with the lyrics. Um, delivery was definitely funny. It was meant to be on, on a light note. So I had no issues with it. Okay. So. Well, I mean, and to speak to, they might be giants. Just so the most known song that people know them for, Particle Man, but uh, they're still going around. Actually, I just found out they just released a new album this year. But uh, where they've made their most money in the recent years is they actually came out with the theme song for Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So these guys are still out there making move music, and they're they're trying to make their their hustle as best that they can. So. <laughs> just so you know what on the light side of their comedy at where it's led them is to, to Disney's doorstep. <laughs> now that's really a check. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's a different kind of comedy. Yeah. It's like, so it's yeah. like uh, family oriented. They have a lot of children's albums, actually. I think like they might be giants is like, it's a, yeah, it's very, very much a family oriented band. Yeah. But I think that, um, don't they, Seen this song once I was the king of Spain. Is that them? Uh, I'm not. They sure. did the one I remember their big hit was Istanbul. <laughs> oh. oh, Istanbul. Yes, I remember Istanbul. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a that's a good song. I do like the man a lot. I think, um, I must have seen them in concert like 25 years ago or something like that. But, uh, they do kind of remind me of one of my favorite bands, Bare Naked Ladies. Like, they, they kind of have that same, like, like, are they a comedy band? Probably not, but yeah, they have like comedic songs, and because they are geared towards like kids' music too, that's probably where it's like, okay, I don't know if I can relate to this as a as a comedy band because when I think of comedy, I think raunchy, right? But <laughs> I can totally see <laughs> that's where my brain goes. I'm always like, you know, like the the raunchiest comedians, like that's my favorite style, I guess, like the old school Richard Pryor stuff like that, but. Uh, yeah, you got like uh, you got some pretty funny lyrics in the song. It's got a good beat, you know. It's like, oh, you just pulled the you just pulled number three out of your ass. Cool. All right. <laughs> throw, that on, Jeff, throw that on the Jeff, album. Who cares? Was it the Jeff Foxworthy of, of bands? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> just uh, is Jeff Foxworthy do the um, what what is his skit again? It's the. Uh, I know, I know his stuff. You might be a redneck if. Oh, it's <laughs> the red, it's the whole, yeah, that's his whole stick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you might be a redneck if, and um, he's the one that I think actually came up with smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Okay. laughs> so yeah, he's, he's definitely on that realm. Of I have a hard time laughing at his stuff sometimes, but like, I, I, if you really think hard about it, you're like, wow, this is. Uh, this is just get, just getting re- too real, you know. Like, there's a lot of people out there that really like his jokes, but uh, uh, yeah. yeah, no, that was a that was a pretty good pick. It wasn't. It wouldn't have been like my idea for like like a comedic song, but like okay. I said, I go right to comedians. Like comedians, every comedian, well, not every comedian, but a lot of, in my opinion, the greats have their own albums too. So they might have a song, and then they do like their stand up on there and. And that's that's where I gravitate to. It's kind of like the '90s style of comedy, okay. and that flowed pretty well into the 2000s. I mean, you know, there's there's so many comedians out there, um, different styles. I'm a big fan of comedy. But, uh, okay. Yeah, man. 
So well, uh, get like a two out of five stars for your pitch. <laughs> two out of five stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going for three, but all right, I'll take two out of five. <laughs> so. I was better than a one on a Yelp review, so <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's still edible. <laughs> yeah, so. Yelp is fake news. Yeah, basically. All right, who are you picking next, Ash? Uh, well, uh, since uh, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. I'll have a, I'll have Damon go and go since he was talking about comedians. So. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and so like my pick was definitely it was a a comedian from the '90s, actor um, Dennis Leary, awesome dude, and I think that his his comedy style, like other comedians, probably has changed over time. And especially now with the, there's, I've been hearing a lot about cancel culture and stuff like that and comedians being canceled for what they say. I mean, if you listen to this, this album and this song that I picked um, off of uh, the album, no cure for cancer. I mean, that's just like that, that would probably not be allowed today either. I mean, you could do it, but you know, you have to face, you know, you have to face the, uh, the public there. Because they're going to have something to say for sure. Um, but uh, this is the asshole song. Well, people behind me are going insane. I'm an asshole. So, <laughs> speaks for itself, right? I mean, <laughs> the lyrics in this song are are definitely not what I don't I don't think Dennis Lear would even go there today. But he, he you know he mentions like a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think he mentions like everything that, you know, depicts like the total asshole in America, really uh, the American asshole. And, you know, he also, he, he talks about like handicapped people and stuff like that. So like, you can't even, I don't even think you can say handicap anymore. There's gotta be a different word for it, but um, yeah. So that's, what's that? I was going to say special needs, but yeah, I'm probably talking out of turn too. So, right. So like, people- if he's if he threw if he did a revision of the asshole song and threw special needs in there instead of handicap, it would probably not even flow very well. I would just say throw the whole thing out. But I mean, it it it's funny. It you know to me it it he's not that person, but he's writing about how America's full of them. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty funny song. The album's mostly like his stand up, and then you have like a couple songs on there. Um, if you ever seen the movie The Ref, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. He's in it, but uh, but yeah. So I thought that was interesting. How like you 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 could see how popular he was in the '90s, and then you have comedians today. They probably aren't going to go anywhere near what he was saying in the, in his song, his asshole song. And that was that was top of the charts, I think, for a short time. You know, for a comedian's uh, yeah. song, <laughs> and he's not like a musician. <laughs> you know. Not really. I wouldn't classify him as that. So, what'd y'all think no. of that? Uh, it, I think I've I had heard it before. It'd been a long time since I've heard it, but I think I had heard it before. Uh, but uh, you know, when he gets to the the, the spoken word part, <laughs> that, that's that's kind of when it, it gets when his comedian chops come out. You know, when he gets the whole you know, I'll get a car that only goes a gallon a mile, and then eat McDonald's, and then throw the litter, and then you know, and then he goes into the hole because we got the bomb. <laughs> It's like, that's right. That's We're better because we have the bomb. You're like, holy shit. No, he's so, not just eating cheeseburgers. He's <laughs> sucking down. He's sucking down cheeseburgers. Right. Greasy cheeseburgers. It's like, how do you right. suck down a cheeseburger? I just can't imagine. I'm not even right. going to try it. Maybe like a White Castle or something. Oh, God. White Castles are so greasy. Speaking about Chicago, like when I had White Castles, they were in yeah. Chicago. And those were the greasiest tank burgers. Like your hands are like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's what Chicago does for you. Greasy, yeah. They call it Shy Town. Yep, Shy Town. Shy Town. I don't even know the lingo. I haven't even really been there other than the airport. I've been to the Chicago airport, man. So Chicago, best city in the world, man. Shout out to y'all. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> um, 
so many fond memories. All right, so I'm an asshole. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. <laughs> I, I love the harmony in there. <laughs> there actually was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this this hit the mark when you talk about uh, comedy songs. And he was making fun of people and himself at the same time and did not care about what anybody was thinking. And uh, I honestly believe that if he released it nowadays, it would probably be number one on iTunes um, um, and Apple Music and probably number one TikTok song. And everybody's doing memes off of it and the whole nine. So, yeah, he'll probably never be able to perform at a concert again, but (laughs) it'll 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 bring in the numbers that it's supposed to bring in. So. I actually think it would be more popular today had he released it now versus back then. I wonder how many people like like younger listeners have heard of Dennis Leary or like his or this album, you know. I think the last thing he did was like uh, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, the TV show. Uh, he's on a, a, a firefighter show. Oh, he? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was before. It was called yeah. Rescue Me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, 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 that's off the air, though, right? Rescue Me ended, didn't it? Yeah, no, it ended. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it was. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I started watching it, but um, I did watch Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. It was probably like 2010, 2011, and uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, no, they, he, I mean, he's. I think he's a genius, you know, as far as like comedy goes, and he kind of has like that. San, he he's going for. I don't know what he's doing, but he's going for like the Sam Kinison vibe. You know that. Oh, 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 he's just screaming, and he doesn't scream that much, but he does have that kind of like, uh, like the pissed off, you know, screaming in his comedy, and it works. You know, it kind of was like the big thing in the nineties. You know, gotcha. Yeah, I I like the song. I mean, I I liked it more then than I do now. Um, I I really enjoyed it when it first came out, and I remember it being one of those things that you wanted to listen to, but it was not easy. Fine, because you know we were what fourteen when that came yeah. out, um, and I remember there used to be a, I think it was like a premium channel where you could pay to watch music videos, and that was one that I wanted to watch, but you know they're not going to play it on MTV without you know beeping uh, out pretty much the whole song. So, um, but then I remember the the special, the No Cure for Cancer, was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. And I had that on VHS and I owned it mainly really? because I like that song. And I think it was on there as well. Nice. Um, so I, I really dug the song growing up, listening to it again for the show. It's OK, but it wasn't it wasn't as funny as I remember it being. Um, but there's still that nostalgia bug for it when I listen to it. You know, like I remember how I felt when I first heard it. And I think I enjoyed that more than I actually did the the <laughs> lyrics to the song now, you know, because I'm definitely not who I was when I was a teenager. So, um, yeah, right. But I still like Dennis Leary. And really, I, I'm a big fan of Rescue Me. And uh, I, I like him as an actor. Um, but yeah, I mean, the song's OK. OK. Sorry, nice. sorry. Okay. <laughs> but it was better in the 90s than it is watching it or listening to it now at in the year 2021. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. think so too. I mean, and, and I don't know if it is because like maybe we have changed as a society where, you know, like, I don't know, there's probably just as many assholes out there. And that's, uh, it, it seems like you're always, you know, reminded of that every day somehow. But uh, they were just a different kind of asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, yeah, it it doesn't like the song doesn't offend me. It's just I just it it was just it was okay now, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it would lose some popularity just because of like what he's saying today. I think. I mean, there's there's definitely some uh, questionable things he says in in the song (laughs) that wouldn't apply today. It wouldn't fly, but that's what would make it popular is the fact that. You know, everybody would be so offended by it that it would make everybody else listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's I think that's a big attraction. Like maybe maybe there's like a new thing that people do now as opposed to what Dennis Leary was doing in his album here. Like, right. I, you know, I, I, I know it's shifted for sure. You know, 
everything shifts with the time and you know what's popular what's not whatever but uh yeah give it some time we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have a whole new breed of assholes whole new generation of assholes out there there's Wait. one born every day that's true one Wait, born to an asshole <laughs> Well, I was I was thinking you could almost compare this with a little bit of restructuring. You you could redo this nowadays and, and have it be called "I'm a Karen" based off of the meme. Mm. <laughs> mm. I want to do it now. I want to. Okay, night. All right, Taj. Yeah. Uh, we're expecting no. you to write a song now, man. <laughs> right. So we already got one of those out there. <laughs> Dude looped it on his own machine. I'm calling the police right now. <laughs> a future episode. All right. yeah, I, have to, I have to shoot it to you. It's, it's going to be in a future episode somewhere. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All so, right. Who's next? Um, I guess we'll go ahead and go Brandon. All right. So <laughs> I it was it was very tough for me to pick my favorite comedy song because there's so many I like. Um, you know, I, I more likely will probably do this topic again because I could definitely come up with a few more. Um, but I, I had to go I had to go old school for me. Um, I had to go with something that is still one of my favorite comedy movies of all time. And uh, that is the movie This is Spinal Tap from 1984 um it's about a, a fictional heavy metal band uh it was uh the the three band members were played by michael mckean christopher guess and uh harry shears um and their counterparts were david st hubbins nigel tufnell and Derek smalls that was the name of the fictional name of the characters in the band spinal tap um <laughs> There's so many songs that I love from the movie. Uh, but if I had to pick one that was the funniest, it would probably have to be Big Bottom. Would be my choice for <laughs> best choice track comedy song. Um <laughs> I don't even know if it's necessarily, it's not my favorite Spinal Tap song, but it's definitely the funniest. I feel like you can listen to the song on its own and still crack up. Some of the other songs uh, from the movie, from the album, really work better with the actual image from the film, like watching it play out. But I think you can listen to Big Bottom and still get a laugh, even if you're not actually watching the movie or the music video that they created. But if you watch the movie or the music video, it enhances the song even more exponentially. Um, but the thing that I like about Spinal Tap is that like the, the comedians that created the character, uh, created the, the fictional band Spinal Tap in, in 1979, like they actually can play their instruments. Like they're, they're actually playing and, um, and actually singing as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Big Bottom is hilarious to me. Like, it's very tongue in cheek. It is very misogynistic, but it's intentional because they're making fun of that heavy metal scene. I mean, it's, it's so over the top. And just, just the fact that they like, they just really lean into this fictional band, you know, like they have a whole history to them, you know, like, <laughs> They have a history of drummers dying spontaneously in weird accidents and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, they, they have a whole list of fictional albums. Like, in fact, Big Bottoms is from a fictional album from 1970. That album doesn't exist, but that wasn't, was created for the movie in 1984, but, but it was actually for the fictional band from 1970. I think that was called Brain Hammer. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, that's my choice. I could keep going on about Spinal Tap. It, it is still one of my favorite movies, uh, especially one of my favorite comedies. I, I get a kick out of it every time I watch it. I can quote that movie, you know, anytime. 
Um, and I think Big Bottom is definitely the funniest song that that is on there. And again, like I said, if you don't watch the movie, you can still get a a, a chuckle out of listening to the song. Um, so yeah, that's my choice. <laughs> that's what's up, man. I like the big drums at the beginning. And and the first lyrics, what do you say? The um the bigger the cushion, the sweeter the pushing. I was like, yeah, you already got me. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> you have me a cushion. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I definitely love the song. I love the energy for it. Um, like you said, it was it was it was uh, it was kind of a relief of the fact that yes, you know, it's a fictional band. Yes, you know, it's. It's you know, a fictional storyline behind the whole thing, but they made it seem like everything was real. Everything was on point. Everything was was legit. And the fact that they did play their own instruments and you saw the double bass guitars and the whole nine through the movie it was like, yeah, that works. OK, uh, I can I can totally get into it. And and they made a deal out of it. It's like to me, it's um a play off of them would be like Tenacious D. It would be like. Yeah. You know, a group that would literally you would never expect to come out with something and they came out with something and it was like they're pushing it like it's a real thing even though you know it really kind of isn't but okay who's gonna make a stop like I'm totally into that <laughs> nice so so it, it's been years since I've seen the, the movie but I, re, I remember parts of the movie the, the part I always remember is like the isn't the third drummer that died choking on vomit and it wasn't even his own vomit yeah. <laughs> it's like how do you know that like that makes no sense like <laughs> who tested the vomit to make sure it wasn't his like that makes no sense <laughs> just take like real situations that have happened, like that have happened to people and it's like make it ridiculous Right. How drummers just die mysteriously, like you're saying, and yeah. the vomit. The vomit. One, one drummer died in a gardening accident, and the less you know about it, the better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. So, what I was trying to remember was because I can't remember if it was for Big Bottoms or one of the other songs, but isn't there one where it's it's like Big Bottoms where they're trying to give this like serious explanation for like what the meaning is behind the song, but the song That's, is just it's I think it's the it's the album that oh, okay. trying to explain because it's like a it's like a black rubber glove. <laughs> okay, yeah, and they're trying to say, oh no, this isn't misogynistic and. Yeah, they're they're trying to break down why it's not, but it totally is. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, the, could... uh, I think in the movie it was the album. Um, oh man, what was it? Uh, I think it was called "Smell the Glove." Was the okay. Name of the album. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. That was a great movie. Yeah, I think. So, well, Michael McKean was in a like private parts too. I thought he was great in that. And uh, the, the cast was like freaking hilarious. Rob Reiner is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think this lyric is totally crazy. Big bottom, talk about mud flaps. My <laughs> girls got them. Big bottom. <laughs> now, if I were to like release that song today, I'd probably, yeah. <laughs> They wake my ass up, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd be canceled for no. But it's it's a com <laughs> it's a comedy group. It's it is a comedy group. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, totally. I think it's hilarious. Like it's just funny. Like I mean, Queen has like fat bottom girls, right? And that's like a right. That's I don't think this. That's it's supposed to be a funny song, but I mean, you you can just get away with more without you know getting killed for it. Back then, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a that, that movie was great. That was a really funny movie. Uh, yeah, and the song is totally hilarious, crazy, but hilarious. Oh man, talk about mud flaps! Wow. How <laughs> oh, do you get some right. nice mud flaps? I'll All tell right. my wife that. Yeah, I'll see, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, basically, I was just, I was literally thinking, like, should I say, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and say that. If y'all don't see me here next week, then you know why. Just, <laughs> then we know why. 
Yeah, tell my mom I love her. <laughs> That's a good test, man. Yeah, yeah. Let you feel test the guinea pig, dude. Test your love. Yeah. All right. What did you have for us, Dietrich? And I guess I'm pulling up the rear on this one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Big bottle of the rear. Yeah. <laughs> Had to get it there. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, mine's was so, so caught in its moment that it, they never actually released like a, a, a physical play version of the song. Like you're not going to find it on most of the platforms. You really got to go to YouTube in order to watch it because it literally was meant for the movie. Um, it's coming off of a 2008 movie starring Will Ferrell, um, John C. Riley. For those who don't know, I'm talking about I'm talking about Step Brothers, and it's basic part of the movie. You know, it's a quintessential movie. You have to watch this. But um, not going to go into the details of the movie because everybody needs to go see that if you haven't already shoot yourself. But outside of that, they are presenting their company. This is their company pitch at a dinner. For in front of their family trying to get money. It's called uh, Prestige Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the name of the song that they did was the rap video in order to bolster this this new company that they just formed called Boats and Hoes. Boats and Hoes, Boats and Hoes. I gotta have me my Boats and Hoes. Boats and Hoes, Boats and Hoes. I gotta have me my Boats and Hoes. Uh, yeah, that was... That was my comedy song. And the reason why I picked that particular comedy song is because um, other songs that I was thinking about at the time, they had other people doing it. There have been covers of it, all, all this, that, and another. This was like, this was truly organic. You know, the way they came across, what they were talking about, totally misogynistic, totally fed into the the repertoire of, of what you call, you know, rap. Or how rap is presented. You got both. You got these elderly looking women. We call them gilfs. <laughs> I wouldn't even call them gilfs. I'll call them gilfs. Um, all the boats in their bikinis and whatnot dancing. And you got some champagne going. And you just got to get me my boats and hoes and just yeah, getting into it. And yeah, y'all, y'all can kill it all you want to. Have fun with it. But just know that it was picked out of the kindness of my heart because I think we all needed to laugh. Yeah. But what the, the best part about that that I like about the the video because if you don't watch the movie at least watch the the YouTube video that's a, the music video for boats and those is their timing like you see them try to like clap and like and they're being the totally biggest white dudes that they can't be like not understanding the beats yet somehow the music video is on beat you're like. <laughs> Yeah, I love this. I love the stank faces that they give when the beat's hitting. They both round up like, yeah, this is it. This is the one. So my my favorite line is put on your life vest. Let's drop anchor. There's a nice lady whore. I'd like to swank her. Boats and hoes. Boats and hoes. <laughs> uh, I have more boats and hoes. Right. Oh, yeah, there's some. Yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed listening to it. I didn't remember that song. I think I only saw the movie one time, and I was like, and and I feel like I need to go back and revisit it because I remember the first time I saw the movie, it was it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Right. Um, I was expecting so much because I I liked Will Ferrell, I liked John C. Riley, I loved Talladega Nights, and uh, and then when Step Brothers came out, it wasn't what I wanted, and so it wasn't as funny as I thought it was, or as funny as as it should have been. But I know it has like a huge following now, and uh, and so after watching that video again, I'm like, oh man, maybe it is funnier than I remember. I need to go back and watch the film. So I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fun. John C. Riley is funny as hell, man. Here's another. They, they tickle my funny bone. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Will Ferrell is loved and hated, but I, I love. Him. I think the guy is I, great. I mean, like anybody, they always every every actor has hits and misses. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, yeah. yeah, these guys definitely aren't like musicians, but you know, 
it's like what is it like Lonely Island or any of those other bands that like they're they're not really those are they're, they're musicians I guess because they have like albums but um, here's another crazy line a lyric in that song which is it doesn't rhyme in the end which is weird but deadly as catch without the crabs almost <laughs> out of gas call the Arabs. <laughs> I thought these it was the Arabs or Ahabs because I thought it was Ahabs. Ahabs. <laughs> yeah, they give it a little plain like Ahabs. Yeah, that's how you try to make yeah. it work. Yeah. So they rhymed it. Yeah. Yeah. Stay away from the flesh arrow, by the way. Yeah. And, and, and the way you can totally tell that it's over masculinizes that whole like the line. It's like when I come, I come in the leader. You're like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? <laughs> leader? What the hell? Yeah. If my, yeah. Like, if my mom ever listens to this, I don't want to say the next line, but what is a who, who would ever describe, describe something as a flesh arrow? <laughs> well, 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 Spinal Tap had Pink Torchpedo. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, isn't it? And Big Bottom sync you with my Pink Torpedo. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is where we're going. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're basically all in third grade. So basically. <laughs> Yes, that's not what all it is. Wholesome adolescent fun. <laughs> exactly. Positive choice was the most sophisticated one. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it was meta. It was like meta to, to the heck. But yeah, it was meta. Yeah, he, he's thinking Disney tunes. We're thinking two in the pink, one in the stink. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, mine, mine, mine was a little bit more classy than y'all, but uh, <laughs> yeah, sucking down greasy cheeseburgers. Hey, Damon, you're an asshole. Thanks. <laughs> I'm proud of it. <laughs> That's what I got from that. I was like, wow, maybe I should be an asshole. Man, just so much life. Yeah. It's so it was, Come on aboard. We're good. It was a warning on uh, how not to be. <laughs> like, Please. thanks, Dennis Larry. You really taught me a lot when I was a kid. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> right. I think that was probably his real message. Yeah. <sighs> All, All right. Cool. So, you guys ready to to flip the record and switch the side B? Do it. Do it. Oh, All yeah. right. So I'm going to flip the record and drop the needle down on side B. All right. So for this, it's my album pick, um, which if you guys did your homework, you'll remember that it was uh, Different Lights by the Bangles. Now, uh, considering how masculine the first half of this episode is, <laughs> this is going to be way more feminine. <laughs> so um, so first of all, I'm, I, I went... I'm going to explain my personal history with the Bengals. And then uh, I went down a rabbit hole just to try and get ready for the episode. So, um, so the different light was a cassette tape that was in our family. So our family, we had um, a cassette tapes all in like the living room area space. So like, if I ever grabbed an album to listen to, it'd be off of there. That's where the records were too. But uh, different light for sure is an album. I remember playing on my Walkman quite a bit. Um, and so that's the first uh, Bangles album that I remember. Um, so uh, later on, you know, years later, I, I bought like their greatest hits. Um, but I, I knew different lights a, a lot, like the back of my hand. Um, so what I just to prepare for the episode, I went down a rabbit hole because I really hadn't done any research on the Bengals. And I guess what I didn't realize was um, in so in like the 60s, 70s, there was a lot of girl groups, but in the 80s, there wasn't as many. And I'm not, they don't know why, but in the 80s, like the number of girl bands, or like all female bands, like really dwindled down. Um, and so the Bengals really, the only two other comparisons in the 80s that are similar to them are the Go Go's, which came out in early 80s, and then uh, Vixen. Um, so the Go Go's actually 
finished like they had their last album like two years before the Bengals had their first or somewhere around there um and i really you know the Bengals seem iconic to me like i knew all their songs and you know even outside of that album like they always seem like they stood out iconic but it's kind of interesting finding out that like that some some people back in the day didn't hold them in high regards because they didn't necessarily write all their own songs so um of their top 10 hits, four of them were written by other people. Uh, technically, so Manic Monday was written by Prince. Um, uh, uh, Hazy Shade of Winter was a Paul Simon cover, um, uh-huh. I think. And then uh, there, what was the other? There was like two other, like four of them were, were covered by other people. Or, or were, I know another one was a cover. I want to say it was... I can't remember which one it was. Um, but yeah, so the the thing was that um well I found interesting. Was it Eternal reason- Flame? I'm sorry, was it Eternal Flame? Um no, I think I wanna, Eternal Um I wanna say Eternal Flame was it, but um I don't call me on that. I thought Eternal Flame was a original one. Did that get covered by like somebody else? Yeah, no, I wanna say it might be Walking down your street, which is on the album that that we are are right. going over right now, right? Right, yeah. Which I I should bring up the album. So just so, because because that was the other thing I was going to bring up was so different light was their second album, and really like four of their ten top hits are on the album Different Light, um, and that is uh, Manic Monday, uh, Walk Like an Egyptian, following. And walking down your street. So, um, and so the thing that I thought was crazy was um, looking at their discography on Wikipedia was they have like four albums, but then they had like 10 compilation, like greatest hits album off of four albums. The, the other thing was they had a lot of singles that they released separately that they then put back into uh, like greatest hit. So um, like, I didn't realize they wrote a song on Goonies like back in the the eighties. So like the Goonies soundtrack actually has a Bengals song on it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. What, what song is that? Cause I've heard the soundtrack, but I, I, I know I, I, I'm going to know it uh, when we discover what that is. But yeah. Let me see. That is a really good soundtrack too. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's pretty decent. I haven't heard of the Goonies soundtrack in forever in a day, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's like Cindy Lauper's on there. Like, it's, it's it's totally an 80s uh, album. Let's see. Uh, I'm looking it up now. So I got nothing. You got nothing? Well, no, that's the name of the song. I got nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. That they, that they did on the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, so um, my choice track on uh, Different Light is uh, Walking Down Your Street. So <laughs> I knew it. Just- oh, man. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I picked that as your favorite. <laughs> I picked that as my favorite. So I thought you would like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's on. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, but I'll go ahead and ask you guys your stuff, and then I, I I had some other follow up questions for you guys. But but what did uh what did you have to Damon for your choice track? I, I definitely have to go with Walk Like an Egyptian, and that, that's probably because I've heard it a lot too. But like I I love the beat to it. It's probably my style of, of music for the Bengals. Um, I don't think it's on this album, but the hazy shade of winter is actually like one of my other favorite songs that they do. So, right. But for this album, yeah. Walk like an Egyptian is hands down. It was just probably a lot of people's, right. It's probably <laughs> right, yeah. like a ton of, you know, mix albums, whatever, but yeah. And I think, you know, it's just because it, it, it does have a really good beat to it and it's different, man. It's just, I don't think there's like a whole lot of songs that are like that. Right. It came, I mean, they have it has that '80s, you know, like sound. But uh, yeah, no, it's awesome. Okay. Did Did you like the the album? Did I like the album? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, I thought, you know what? That's a good question, Brandon. Because like, I was listening to the album. I didn't like a lot of the songs on the album. I liked 
three songs total that were like the hits. Um, a lot of the songs I just could not get into. And your choice track, I thought it was okay. But it, I, I kind of thought that you would like it because it, it did kind of, it goes along with like some of the other stuff that you've liked, you know? Right. And, uh, so far, I've been, you know, spot on with picking your choice tracks. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems like, like that would not be the album I would pick for the Bengals, like top album. But they have like some of their biggest hits are on that album. So it's just like they, it's almost like they, they didn't want to waste all their hits on one album. So I mean, I don't know how artists do this if they write a lot of their hits at once and then they no. they have more than what they need for an album and then they kind of like spread it out or it's just like it just you just get lucky you got those golden hits and then it keeps you going until the next one you know they had, they had a few that kept them going <laughs> yeah them. a lot of it, it is like, literally uh, luck yeah you you would be surprised how many artists that you talk to and ask them what they're they're well first of all they just record songs like crazy so the cat right. that's why the catalogs are so big is because they go into recording a bunch of songs and then usually they'll come through or they'll have an a and r come through and help pick out um you know the songs to mash up and where they need to go on the album to actually fit let's say you might have 20 30 songs that you wrote for this particular situation or that you recorded you put eight to 12 songs on that album that that's what actually makes the album the songs that they think are hits some of the label mates will say what are hits some of the executives will say what they think are hits they'll do testers you know back in the day they used to do testers of what they thought were hits out with radio stations but you really don't know a, a lot of people yeah. you'll think that this song is a hit and nobody will listen to it and then um this other song is on the album that you really didn't want to record in the first place winds up being a number one hit that you ever had so right you know there's there's a lot of artists that are like that so um you can't just say that this is going to be a hit you know nobody ever knows that until you actually leak it to the public and then the public decides what's going to work and what's not i think they hit the right angle when they released Walk Like an Egyptian, um, because that was a very up-tempo song. Um, the video really added to the flavor of it because you showed the females and, and everything that they're doing. Um, you showed them playing the guitars, you showed them playing the instruments. Like it was really up up to date for that time frame for what they needed to come out with. And it worked. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, I, I've heard even heard of bands that didn't have any hits. And then all of a sudden, one day they hear that their song um, is like top in the charts and they didn't even know it, you know, and then all yeah. of a sudden, like, you know, they're they're rock stars. And like last week they were playing like dive bars, you know, that's got to be crazy. And, you know, I guess for some bands, maybe it's like it's a big buildup. So it's like, you know, kind of nerve wracking. But then other bands are just like, oh, whatever. It's just another Tuesday. And they just happen to have a hit that got played on the radio i guess i mean it's probably different today with like youtube and all that but before you just counted on you know getting your stuff played on the radio right mm -hmm. yeah what, what, I, what i think is interesting is like they're because I, I i also went and watched some music videos because i really like never seen any of their music videos like their their music videos are very much you know it's not sex sells but they are pulling out that sex appeal type of thing. But the interesting thing is like the other tracks, like the, the music videos are for the boys to buy the album, but the rest of the album is for the girls to listen to, <laughs> you know, the songs that aren't played on the videos are, are for the female audience. Uh, and the songs that are, that have the music videos are for the male audience. And that's where they're trying to make their, their hustle. And, and that's very much what this album is, is that all those hits, you know, totally like, Hey boy, I'm in your bedroom type stuff. All the other hits are like, <laughs> it sucks being a girl type of thing. So, but yeah. 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 I see. I mean, like, yeah. you got like the, like the Alanis Morissette style. And then yeah. you have like the, um, I don't know, the Bengal style, I guess. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, Bengals were kind of like the hot band at the time. And I, I was like, I, I remember first seeing them on MTV and like, wow, they're pretty hot. You know, I'm like a teenager. So, Everything was hot, you know, like, 
thought, I thought Cher was hot. She had a tattoo on her butt, you know? But uh, Cher's still hot. What are you talking about? I know. You're right. Well, I, yeah, well, my favorite. My watch favorite. your mouth, man. Oh, dude. Watch your mouth. No. She is my she is my favorite, though. Cher. Right. That's no, all good. And um, turn back time. Yeah, if I could turn back time. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, so I have to watch reruns, but, uh, yeah, Bengals, woo. Yeah, so they, what you- they do have that mix of, of, yeah, pro and then pro women and pro everybody. So, yeah. So, uh, I'll, I'm going to come back to you, Dietrich, but I was just going to see mm-hmm. what Brandon thought. So, um, overall, I thought it was just okay. Um, <laughs> the, the hits are definitely hits, you know. And the rest right. of the the rest of the album is pretty forgettable. Um, it was it was just too it was too soft for me. Like uh, I I don't know. Like I, a lot of the songs sounded the same to me after a while. Um, but like definitely like Walk Like an Egyptian is a hit for a reason. You know, it felt like one of those albums where it's like we care more about the singles than we do about the whole coherent thing. Um, mm. You know, the rest of the songs are fillers and we're going to have three, three or four songs on here that will do well. A couple of them are going to are going to be bangers. And then and then the rest are just going to, you know, just fill the album and we're going to make some money and then we'll go on tour. (laughs) You know, I I don't know. Um, Overall, it was it was okay. You know, I I can still I still can enjoy Walk Like an Egyptian. was it Manic Monday is all right. Um, the rest of the songs, for the most part, I, I wasn't a big fan of. But actually, my favorite track on there was one that I don't remember ever hearing. And that was Following. Um, that was actually my favorite track. Um, you know, and su- surprised me because, you know, going in, I thought it was just going to be Walk Like Egyptian will probably be my favorite one on there because that's the one I know. And uh yeah, so all the most of the the rest of the album, I just I couldn't really get behind. Um, but again, like the singles are good. Um, I I'm not gonna listen to them again anytime soon, uh, unless you pick one of those songs as a choice track on one of the topics. Um, funny enough, the album finished, and then Spotify went into something else and thought that I might like. And uh, it was the Go-Go's. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I love the Go-Go's. <laughs> yeah, the Bengals, Go-Go's are eh, good. Not so much, but Go-Go's, I totally, totally like a lot more. So, I like Melinda Carlisle. Same one. <laughs> so oh, I, Go-Go's. I, more, more of a Go-Go's fan myself. Uh, okay. But I really... I really did like the follow the the following song. Uh, I thought that was really good. Uh, okay, so that, that was definitely my my favorite track on there. And again, the singles were decent, but the rest of the album was just filler. Um, Agreed. And I I don't think I'll go listen to a full album by the Bengals after this one. I probably won't. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I also won't. I won't, I won't skip their hits if they show up on an 80s playlist. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So who came yeah. first, though? Was it the Go-Go's? And then the Go-Go's the came Bengals. first. So the Bengals yeah. were, like, trailing after the Go-Go's, trying to be the Go-Go's. The Go-Go's were, like, post-punk, right? Weren't they kind of, like, uh, they had, like, a really hard punk album for their first album? Yeah, they, they were definitely a post-punk band. And the Bengals, I think, are, like, very poppy, but, you know, they... I don't know. I guess they had, they just started their own thing, but yeah, no, I agree. Go-Go's are more my style, but, uh, yeah, good call Brandon on that. Like with the album being like, you know, like a few hits and then mostly random stuff. I thought it was kind of random myself. So gotcha. So what do you, what do you think, Diedrich? Uh, I actually, I'm not going to say I I love the album. I'm saying I like the album. I liked it a lot. Here's the reason why I say that. One, I had to put myself in that time frame of when, you know, albums came out and songs were deliberately made. Right. So, yes, you had other writers that wrote on this album. You know, the first first track is written by Prince, which was Manic Monday, which to me was 
I like that song coming in as a single because it showed the depth between that and Walk Like an Egyptian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it showed a different type of, of style from where they came from. My other song that I also liked was um, If She Knew What She Wants. Okay. That was like, uh, you know, one of those I had to listen to the lyrics and I actually caught me um, with everything that's going on. So while I agree that it's probably not the best considerable album, uh-huh. um, I will definitely go back and, and revisit some of the other albums that they had. Like, I know they released a, a one in 88. They released another one, I think, in 2003. Um, yeah. Like a type situation. So I would like to go back and revisit those just to see exactly what I'm missing out on. Because um, I know styles change as you as you get older, as you evolve and things of that nature. So I'm yeah. not too much tripping on that. Um, what I will say, um, when it comes to the Bengals themselves, um, they're definitely a rock band. Um, yeah, they had some cheesy moments, but a lot of that had to do with the label. Um, women, especially women, um, have it the hardest when it comes to um, artistry because they're being driven to do so many different things outside of the actual music itself. Hmm. Whether it be the look, whether it be um, how the, their 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 presence, how they come across, their sexual undertones that are always going to get pushed into the songs or pushed into the videos or, or pushed into their actual wardrobe, that type of situation. And then they just want to get out and rock the stage and, and have people love their music. Like, it's hard when you got somebody else trying to run your ship and what you're what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. So I completely get it. I completely understand. I know exactly what y'all are talking about when y'all say the, some of the songs just felt like fillers. It's because they probably didn't get a chance to choose those songs for the album. There was probably a label exec that came through and picked these songs to put out because they thought it was, they wanted a poppy feel. Um, kind of like feel good nature to the song rather than something a little bit harder edge. Like, I think the hard-edged song that we know of is that Hazy Shade of Winter, which, you know, was a cover situation. So, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I think I would give them a fair shake just to see what they would come up with now versus yeah. back then. So, for sure. For sure. So You know, okay. you made a good point, too, because, like, the, I think the, like the modern-day uh, female artists, like Billie Eilish, she's wearing these clothes that are like baggy sweatpants and a sweatshirt because she doesn't want people to be looking at her for, you know, her appearance, her physical appearance. She wants you to listen to the music, get get into the, you know, the vibe that she's trying to throw out there. And, you know, she has a bunch of good albums, you know, uh-huh. albums. she's newer artist, very young, but like, that's, yeah, I, I kind of like that though. Like, and I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Bengals wearing whatever they're wearing or, you know, coming across that way. But I think, I think you hit it, uh, the nail on the head, uh, with that too, because it seems like they did probably have to do just what those executives told them to do. And at that time, it seems like it would have been a lot harder for a woman or a female band or solo artist, uh, to, to be able to branch out, do what they want, have their own style, uh, like anything in entertainment, you know? And actors, right. you know, that's, I guess, like, that's the big part of the Me Too movement is also because that a lot of that stuff was happening in music and in film and, you know, just entertainment in general, you know, women being, you know, you know, basically treated like, you know, less than a person and right. told how to do their stuff without their own, you know, unique artist style. And yeah, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I guess the Bengals did do really well uh, for for a good chunk of time over a decade for, you know. Yeah. Well, well yeah. And that's that was part of the thing that, like I said, like they did like three or four albums, yet they had 10 greatest hit compilations. Like, how do you how do you take that small of material and then make that many greatest hits albums afterwards? Right. I, I mean, and the I mean, the thing that I want to point out is I know that four of them were were like different cover songs or like written by somebody else. But the other six, they all wrote as a band, like each of the different band member wrote it. So they were, I mean, they for sure had a vision of trying to do their own music. And I mean, they, they took what they could to get to there, but they did it in in a sense. Their style of music kind of opened up for other bands like the Donna's, um, um, you know, Hein, um, 
Pussy Riot, you know, Babes of Toyland, that type of situation. So, like, it, it opened up a, a, a era where, you know, you could rock out with an all-female band and, and still get the same enjoyment out of it, you know what I'm saying, as, as compared to their counterparts. Um, so there are definitely trailblazers, and I can see why they released, like, 10 different types of, of you know what I'm saying, remastered albums, recovered, revisited, extended versions, things of that nature. I don't have no issue with that. I think the main issue that I have with the situation or with um the choice is mm-hmm. should have went Guggles, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so but do you have a song? I know <laughs> I realize now I, I maybe but to be honest, I've never listened to a Gogo's album. So you know, but I'll have to that's a W treat for you. That's yeah. gonna have to be another another episode. Listen to the Go-Go's, listen to the Donna. So you'll be like, okay, yeah, I should have picked. Yeah, yeah. So it's all did, good, did, did you have an album uh, song though on the album? Uh, out of the two that I chose, uh, uh-huh. between um, what was it? If she, uh, if she do what she wants and Manic Monday, it would be Manic Monday. Okay. All right. So that brings me to my my last question on the album. If she knew what she wants, I. Uh, I don't know why, and it's from the lyrics, and maybe you guys can help me out here. Why do I feel like that is such a maternal song? <laughs> like, I kind of feel like it's parents talking about their their daughter, and they're trying to figure out what she <laughs> If they knew what she wanted, they could help her, but they can't, because they, they don't. But I don't know, because I, I don't quite get the... I like the song. I just can't nail down the messaging, and I kind of feel it's more maternal than... Um, real, you know, different relationship, or am I wrong I, on that? No, I don't think you're wrong. I've said. I, I think what I got out of it was, it was, it was a, it was a topic starter. It was a, it was a chance to peek inside the mind of, you know, somebody who's, you know, indecisive and doesn't know what they want and and, and doesn't feel good about themselves for not knowing what they want. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because a lot of people suffer with that anxiety of that situation, like. Um, I know so many kids right now that are still trying to figure out what they want to do in life and, and nobody really knows how to talk to them about it because all you're saying is the same generic shit that we've been saying for years. Uh, go to school, uh, get good grades, get this, learn this, become a job. Well, uh, why not teach them how to become an entrepreneur? Why not help them find stuff that they really like to do or, or that they're pretty much good at? Like you don't know unless you talk to somebody and actually figure out, you know, what's going on in their head. And that's okay. what I got out of it. Yeah. Okay. Because because the one line that always sticks out to me is like she has so many thoughts in her head that she don't need none from mine. It's like okay, exactly. you know, like because it because that line, it, you know, sounds like you're worried about the person. You have thoughts, but you don't want to give them your thoughts because they they already got enough in their head messing them up. So, but yeah, but yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that was that was it. So, uh, Brandon. Uh, I, I mean, I think you have homework for us, but, you know, I was hoping I could have a little bit of a rest. Can I have a little bit of rest before I do your homework or do I have to do your homework right away? You can have a rest. Todd. Yes. About a, a two week rest. A two week rest. Yes. But awesome. That doesn't uh-huh. mean we're not going to be back sooner than two weeks because next week we're going to have a very special episode. Oh, we are. Oh, what Yay. a <laughs> <laughs> yes, very special episode. We're going to take a, a hiatus from our, our normal um, schedule and our, our normal structure to, to bring you something a little, uh, I would say something very unique. Okay. I like oh, it. I feel like uh, I'm going on a field trip or something. This is awesome. <laughs> but I that oh, doesn't mean but... you get to slack and not do your homework. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> yes. You just get a little extra time to get it done. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is great. It's great because I chose an album that is actually a double album. So you oh. get a little extra time to oh, do yeah. a double album. <laughs> I figured this was like the perfect time to slide this one in. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so your homework for the episode two weeks from now is actually an album from 2004. Uh, it is from one of my favorite bands, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And that is 
And now for Blues, The Liar of Orpheus, 2004. That's the name of the album. Dang. Yeah. I'm excited about that, man. Yeah, that's a good one. I haven't heard a lot of this stuff, so. The fact that you pick one out of them that's not in the 1980s is crazy. But yeah, the fact that, that double album, wow. <laughs> I know. Right? I'm surprised you. Wanted to go into the future. <laughs> so, not, not sure we'll ever get past 2010 on my choice albums, but this one's from 2004. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So, a little extra time to do this double album. Nice. Okay. Well, Sounds I'm, good. I'm getting ready for my mind to be blown, man. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I, I'm excited about this one. Yeah. Nice. I have no idea what to expect, so <laughs> we'll oh, see how it goes. A lot. Just you wait. <laughs> expecting good things. Good things. <laughs> okay. In fact, I think we should definitely do a deep dive into this band. <laughs> so. You can, for sure. Big influencer, man. Big influencer. Yeah. So, okay. Sounds good. Well, uh, you can uh, find us on our website of uh, choicetracks.com. Uh, uh, you can email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. We're on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. And let's go ahead and sign off. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. And I'm Dietrich. <laughs> No, you're supposed to do the whole, you know, take, yeah, take know. the record off. Oh. I know. I just, I, I, I lost my pep somewhere along the way. Oh, <laughs> this is a comedy show, man. Come on. <laughs> um, we're going to pick up the needle, but uh, y'all keep spinning those choice tracks. Peace. <laughs>